Welcome to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back with the Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glasser coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. As always, it is truly, truly appreciated. Go ahead and give us that five-star review, all the likes, all the subscribes. We can use it. We can taste it. We can feel it. And all at the before the end of this show, I will have more, hopefully, some good things to go ahead and taste this summer because you know he's back. He is, oh, oh gosh, the guy is not only a pop culture guru, he is also a mainstay here at the Pop Culture Cosmos for years now and one of the masterminds of barbecue grilling like no other on this planet. You got to go ahead and check him out indeed. You got to go ahead and check out because it is smoking hot. It's smoking hot confessions. Start off with smokinghotconfessions.com and you just go right on down the line. YouTube, Facebook, all the groups, all the notes, all the places you can go, all the social media. It's right there for you. Smoking hot confessions right there for you and who leads it none other than a great man himself i've seen his barbecue smoking hot confessions empire grow by leaps and bounds since we first started our conversations it is ben arnault and ben always great to have you here i know my intros get bigger and larger each and every time out because smoking hot confessions gets bigger and larger every time out mate thank you very much for your very kind introductions there i do appreciate it and uh, it's funny you should mention uh, j just how big we're getting because just two weeks ago, I was uh, I had to actually fly out there because it was that far away. But it was uh, otherwise it would have been about an 18-hour drive. I was out at a food festival in Hewenden in central Queensland, Festival of the Outback Skies, and okay. I was uh, headlining the entertainment there, doing barbecue demonstrations all weekend long. So that was absolutely fantastic to get out there and see that part of the country. I'm looking forward to getting out there and uh, preaching the word of barbecue again. Oh, the things you must do as a barbecue grilling celebrity. That's it, mate. It is a hard job, but uh, you know what they say, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it and need it. No better than you. And people just got to check out what you're doing with all the great grilling ideas today at Smoking Hot Confessions. But as first, as always, my friend, it's the pop culture side of things. And that's the first thing we connected on outside of the great food and the great grilling was the fact that I always come to you for some great advice and great insight from a different perspective on all things pop culture. We've gone over over the years a lot of things with Marvel, Star Wars, DC, just run the gamut on so many different things. But I think we are at a tipping point. I'll give you an example. I saw I was reading IGN earlier this week, and IGN had an article that they think, at least the person who wrote the article, think that the MCU has peaked. And the reason why I say that I would be inclined to maybe agree is because this year, 2023, after seemingly has been a period of time where there's been some mixed results, you were hoping to knock it out of the park with Ant-Man and the Quantumania Part 3. You were hoping to go ahead and hit another huge home run with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You were hoping that, that Nick Fury and his return to a great series coming up in Secret Invasion. You thought that would do the trick. And then last but not least, leading off into all the other things, including Echo, including Loki Season 2, and of course, what's going on with the Marvels at the end of this year. You thought, okay, that's a stacked lineup. 2023, no brainer, no doubt. But as you and I both saw earlier this year, 
Ant-Man on the Wasp Quantumania Part 3 came out and it disappointed after it had a big $100 million plus opening and a $200, $250 million worldwide opening, it tanked and it tanked hard because of bad word of mouth. So everybody started to question that. And that's where you saw individuals started to line up and say, you know what? We're already going ahead and writing the death now on the MCU. Then you saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 come out, came out to a, a reception that was pretty good but not the closure that I'm hoping a lot of people were asking for. But the word of mouth has been good enough to give it the strongest hold so far since the pandemic. So that's up on the bright side. And again, with all the stuff that's lined up, you're thinking to yourself, maybe it's not so bad after all. But I ask you, my friend, with DC now lining things up, per se, because everybody's looking forward to what's going on with The Flash, as we have talked before, about that and what's going on with the next two years have kind of like maybe it's going to stick maybe it doesn't need to stick because eventually james gunn is going to have his own universe built up what are you thinking right now as a pop culture fan about the future of marvel and dc well the first thing on the top of your list there was uh was ant-man and i just saw that uh on friday Mm-hmm. And uh, that was because it had just been released on Disney Plus. Yes. Um, because as you said, it it, it didn't get uh, raving reviews. And so uh, things being the way they are here in Australia at the moment, we needed to save our pennies and we just waited for it to come out on Disney Plus. Um, but the the big part of that was, uh, w- was the reviews. Like it's really got to get good reviews to get us out to the cinema at the moment. Yes. Um, so I just watched it on Friday here at home. And look, it's Ant-Man has been one of my personal favorites just because Beautiful. I enjoy the the kind of the lighthearted comedy of it. Yes. And, um, you know, that kind of that, uh, that, that the cheekiness that, that Paul Rudd brings to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see how, you know, people are saying that, you know, Ant-Man has never been the darling of the MCU. Okay. No, there's, no. there's there's not a single one of the Ant-Man films that people have been raving about compared to say Guardians or uh, even the first Doctor Strange. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the second Doctor Strange, but the first one was pretty good. Um, but uh, so personally, I I quite enjoy Ant-Man, but I think uh, the wider community they haven't really sort of uh, you know taken to Ant-Man particularly well. Um, I mean that there was nothing essentially wrong with Ant-Man Quantumania that I could really put my finger on. Mm-hmm. It just, it didn't have that, uh, you know, the, the, uh, je ne sais quoi. It doesn't have the, the, the something, you know, it, 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 yes. it didn't have that, that it factor. That Marvel secret sauce per se. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now I will say that I did enjoy it more than I enjoyed the Eternals. Did not, think much of the eternals and we've we, we've talked at length about that before yes. so I, I would put ant-man 3 above the eternals um and i th- wow i think part of me is all this business with jonathan majors and the trouble he's got himself into yes. um it kind of it kind of took a lot away from me because i was like well we're not really going to see much more of this guy anyway um that's a good possibility and it, it kind of, I have a bit of a logic problem with this whole, like, infinite variations of um, Kang, right? Mm-hmm. 
because if there's infinite variations of Kang, then there's infinite variations of everyone. So what makes Kang any more bigger and badder than anybody else? Why can't infinite Iron Men get together and just blast infinite Kang into forever? Maybe we'll see that in Secret Wars or the Kang Dynasty. Maybe we will, but it just... he he. There's just something about that movie, Ant-Man, Quantumania, that just didn't sell um, Kang to me as the big, you know, universe ending villain of. He doesn't uh, do that, it for you like, like Thanos. Like, like Thanos was. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I'm, I'm just sort of live spitballing here, but I think maybe part of that is because Marvel's possibly bitten off more than they can chew with the, with the multiverse thing. When it was Thanos, it was one universe. Mm-hmm. And so the stakes were a lot higher. Because as far as we knew at the time, his finger snap was on, was going to affect the universe. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of like multiple universes, I think it's, it's really hard to make that feel uh, important because it's so unfathomable to us in our existence as humans. Yeah. Or am I getting too deep here? Am I, am no, I, am I you're too far? Or- that's why I make sure I block off an hour for you, my friend, because I want to hear all your thoughts. <laughs> yeah. So, and I mean, I think DC is going to be, be struggling with this next, and I, I have no doubt that we're going to get to this later in the conversation. Yes. But I just think once you start talking multiverses, the stakes effectively lower, because it's like, well, yeah, okay, this guy might might destroy this universe, but there's a mil- like, there's infinity other universes. So what's the so what's the stakes? So what does it all mean? And uh, yeah, I just you know I mean, and Ant Man ma- managed to kill one Kang, and there's infinite more. So like, uh, <laughs> eh, you know, like what? Well, the only reason why I say that that uh, you know when it comes to how you're dealing with this if you're Kevin Feige, because you, like you said, Thanos, the one universe in jeopardy until you just go ahead and, and you solve the issue with Thanos in infinity war and Avengers Endgame, And then to go and Loki right afterwards and realize that, that you, you know, the, the, the crystals themselves were just absolutely worthless in the world of Loki. So, uh, you know, I can see that as being a shell shock to many fans out there. Enviro Earth, too. How you doing? Great to have you here. I wanted to go ahead and say, though, that where's there to go if you just did a run-of-the-mill, another, you know, because there's plenty to draw from in the Marvel Universe. You did not have to go. You're right. You did not have to go the multiverse way of things. But if you're Kevin Feige and you just go another, okay, let's pick out another bad guy from our comics and just have him threaten the one universe again, wouldn't you have been in danger of saying, you know, okay, we've seen this before and been there, done that. He's no better than Thanos there. The multiverse, like you said, it just, it brings that much more of a, a heightened stake. But like you said, it all, with that also comes some very much problems as well. Yeah, I mean, it is a double-edged sword, as you said. I mean, you know, everybody wants, um, wants you know, bigger and better each time. 
and it's it's the rule of sequels. I've I've just rewatched all of the Scream movies before I watched Scream Six last night, and you know they they they, they go through all the rules of the sequels and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, it's that really does carry through like each subsequent movie needs to be bigger and badder and, you know, higher stakes than the last one. And I just they could have given it a couple of years and just gone some really high quality, self-contained ground level films like we we could have gone back and seen let's have an actual grounded Hawkeye film where, you know. Maybe maybe it's not a universe scale thing. Maybe it's just, you know, the old James Bond thing. Someone stole six nuclear missiles and they're in, they're hidden in six cities inside the U.S. And Hawkeye has to run around and put an arrow in the in the off button before the bad guy can press the trigger or you know whatever it is. I would have rather have seen some high quality, smaller scale pictures. I'm thinking the first Iron Man. You know some of the uh, the like I I really like the uh, the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk film. Um, I even like the Eric Banner one to be honest. And yeah. uh, you know, like go back and have some more individual ones rather than trying to go straight into let's try and top Thanos. Let's let's go back into a slow build. I really think that they could have done better by Black Widow. To me, Shang Chi is still the jewel of what I've seen post, uh, post Thanos. Um, I mean, she's, what was it? I mean, Eternals was the low point for me. The Spider-Man films. mm, Yeah. Yeah. For me, for many people it has been, I I understand that. Absolutely. Mm. And then the Spider-Man films for you have been quite good. The, the Venom films I find, I mean, we're, we're sort of venturing off here into Sony, but they're kind of cousins, well, you know? They're, they're part of the MCU, the Spider-Man films. Obviously, you have to now, because they've joined together, and in ways, they are part of that multiverse. I mean, when Secret Wars, and you see this ultimate battle between all these different forces, I expect Venom to be there just as much as Spider-Man when all is said and done. Yeah, and, and wouldn't that be amazing? I mean, I one of the things that I'm really hoping to see is a... Uh, is the the Venom Punisher? Um, nice. I think I would love to see that. Like, take John Bernthal's Punisher and then wrap him in Venom. Like that would just be, that would be insane. Well, you will be seeing John Bernthal again in Daredevil Reborn in twenty twenty four, which I was just talking about in Bio Earth two with just now because. Uh, you know, Daredevil, the first time around on Netflix, uh, was one of the positive signs, the few positive signs uh, under the old regime as far as the television series are concerned. I'm not sure because they're they're trying to dole out 18 episodes in 2024 if they're going to repeat that same success for an entire season. But there are points and there are reasons why they're doing it so long, which hopefully will lead out to why I think the future 2024 and beyond is better than what you're going to see now in 2023 from the MCU. Absolutely. I, I think so. And I mean, what I would really have, have loved to have seen would be if, to have seen Daredevil get his own feature film and have that be one of the ground level sort of rebuilding, restarting films. I think that would have been absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I'm as excited as I am about the, the TV show. I mean, if you're going to be making 18 40 minute episodes you might as well make a trilogy of films the budget that they're putting into these different shows now is almost working out the same as 
as feature length films these days anyway for the shows that are well done of course like i loved seeing daredevil pop up in she hulk but when daredevil comes back in his own tv show i'd like to see less she hulk in the daredevil tv show if that makes sense yeah she hulk was a nice refreshing change it was a nice palate cleanser i didn't particularly like the last episode as much but it was very nice to see something different, not to just see them do the same old thing again, which was their whole point. That was the whole point of that episode was to say, no, we're not going to do this same old thing, same old thing again. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. I am worried because Disney Plus has never had this kind of long series. And, you know, when you watch a 22-episode season of any show, whether it's in Australia, whether it's here, you're it, – it, they're try, writers are really trying hard, but it's just so difficult to create a overarching story or an episodic venture for that many episodes. That's 18 to 22, per se. And just keep it interesting all the way throughout. Andor. I'll give Star Wars Andor, which is one of the longest Disney Plus series, which is about 12 episodes. Ten episodes of this series are truly outstanding. There were two filler episodes that you could just throw away and not even remember. Same thing with Daredevil, I'm assuming. I'm assuming there's going to be about 12 to 14 episodes you really want to go ahead and watch. But then there's also going to be four episodes that are just filler and just going to get you on by. Well, when was the last time that we actually saw any series run for 18 to 22 episodes? Uh, in in uh, broadcast television, uh, most of those, like ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox here, most of those uh, series run 22 episodes. That's the usual standard. Oh, really? Bro- Still. Yeah, broadcast. But if, you were to, if I were to sit you down, let's say I get you on Paramount+. Plus. Let's say I go today and get you a Paramount+. Plus subscription and have you watch the cbs shows for instance like ncis or anything or fbi anything you will be invested about half of them maybe three quarters but there are episodes just because of the sheer length these days where they're just not able to go ahead and keep it at that level of of whatever desire that you have as a fan oh interesting okay and Enviro true actually has it right the flash the the cw shows that that we've talked about before the flash arrow those are all 22 they're also those were all contracted to 22 episodes as well and again same thing applies there as well haven't they got shorter and shorter and shorter over the years though that's the only CW for streamers shows? um the c yeah based on however many they were going to produce because you know some of them have been shortened due to uh let's say they were trying to finish them off because as you know, the, a lot of these shows, the Flash, Arrow, Smallville, a lot of those shows have been uh, taken off the year. In the case of the Flash, final season and whatnot. But for the most part, they try to keep them still at 22 episodes if they're given a full season tilt. Okay. All right. Well, I, I stand corrected then. The, the, the but then again, a lot that... of them, well, a lot of them, I will say, a lot of them should have been shortened. to. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, Enviro2 says a lot of them got reduced since COVID or because of COVID. That's also an excellent point as well. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, the thing is, though, when you, my concern is with the DC and Marvel Universe, as they try to still continue to reach in the barrel, you're going to find ideas that work, but you're also going to find more ideas now that don't hit with audiences. 
Mm. It'll be interesting too once we start seeing some AI scripts being developed, some uh, some Chat, chat GPT. GPT scripts, yeah. <laughs> and and just see how well our our new machine overlords can uh, can can keep us uh, placated. Because um, I mean we're we're going to start seeing some more shortened seasons with these writers' strikes and whatnot happening at the moment as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I really don't want to see it happen but from a capitalistic point of view i can see that it is going to happen um businesses will cut corners wherever they can and if if they can get away with using a chat gpt script then they will and it's, it, it'll be interesting to see just how human audiences react to an an ai written script well i will say though environment earth 2 also has thing with daredevil not being rated r because it's on Disney. I'm also hoping that maybe they'll see the error of their ways and still try to make a lot of that content on Daredevil, what worked on Netflix. The reason why is because they are bringing, in the States, they are bringing Hulu and Disney Plus all in one app, uh, similar to what they have around the world with Hotstar. And they're bringing all in one app. And eventually they are going to buy out Comcast. It's pretty much you know something that they will be doing at some point to get, get, gain control of Hulu. I eventually see it all coming under one place. And with Hulu, you do have a lot of R-rated content. Dare, uh, Marvel has said that they will not touch um, Deadpool, for instance, which I think is an outstanding move. They will not make that a PG-13 movie. So I'm hoping, like you said, Enviro Earth 2, what made Daredevil so good in Netflix, if they remember and they try to stay away from it and try or try, if they try to go away from it too far, then you're going to have issues and you're going to have problems. You're, you're exactly right on that. Yeah, I think that's that that was kind of what I was trying to get at when I was saying that I hope that Daredevil is going to be more like old school Daredevil and a bit less like the Daredevil that we saw in She-Hulk. Because um, that, like, that was definitely a watered down version. And I mean, we were talking about the the Punisher before. Like you can't, you can't have the Punisher and not have it be an R-rated um work of art you know like it's yeah. got to be like the whole point of the punisher is that he does the stuff that that other people shy away from yeah. you know um and that that's and why would point. you have him in there why would you have him a part of the daredevil series if if you're not going to go down that at least a darker road than you normally would yep exactly exactly yeah, yeah. And so you saw I've, what, and you saw what Deadpool did as far as its returns when they even brought out a PG thirteen move uh, version of Deadpool two. You saw how that didn't click with audience. So now Deadpool, if let's say he's in Secret uh, Wars, come two three years from now, whatever. Excuse me, when that comes out, yeah, he's going to have to be a PG thirteen for him for him, you know, himself. But that might be part of the gag, so it will work in small gigs like that. But having a Deadpool three with Wolverine and those two at it, you know, it's going to be rated R Kevin Feige and, and Bob Iger have, have assured fans that that is going to be the way for Deadpool. Now that I'm excited about partly because Wolverine is, uh, is played by an Aussie and uh, you know, anything that uh, that's got Hugh Jackman in it will get my money. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what I hope though, I really hope that it doesn't suck after Logan was as good as it was. Like I was happy for that to be the end of of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, mm -hmm. because that to me that's like Logan was just about the perfect movie. Yeah. Um, and I just I really hope that they just don't screw this up, and 
and really make a mess of this kind of, you know, comeback of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Well, that's something I um, wanted to ask you, though, when it, when getting into it. That's something I wanted to ask you, because when it comes to the future of Marvel, we just talked about Deadpool 3. We just talked about Blade. You know, we haven't even talked about Blade, which oh. has been off again, on and again, off again. And I know, depending on who you ask, if you ask us, we are psyched up and ready for her Mahershala Ali as Blade. I know some others saying, well, will it connect with a larger audience? Will it be R-rated? Will it be PG-13 rated? Again, there's a property I don't think that they're going to try and blow intentionally either as far as putting it and taming you know, that down to a point where you know, it's not going to work. I really think that would be doing them injustice. But that's why I'm thinking that the Marvel Universe still, for me, has a lot more potential for success than DC because... With James Gunn's universe, okay, all the stuff that's coming out in the next two to three years before DC's, uh, what, Superman, the next, the first Superman movie that James Gunn's going to do, I really have, I, I know what I'm getting. I know more of what I'm getting with Marvel. With these DC stuff that's going on, for the most part, outside of Constantine, I'm not as excited because I, this stuff that we may be seeing in the near future from DC may all be lame ducks in, G, in James Gunn's universe. Look, there is that potential. And I haven't checked the last day or two, but I had read that uh, that Nicholas Holt was the front runner for the new Superman. Has that been officially confirmed yet? Not been confirmed, but the rumors I've heard as well that something his name has been thrown out there so much so that other sites are also commenting on that rumor. At least he's being projected that. I, I just saw Renfield last week. I really liked Nicholas Holt and Nicholas Cage when they're working together. Outside than that, when it concerned anything else, it was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible, terrible movie when it didn't have <laughs> Nicholas and Nicholas on the screen, you know, just trying to conversate each other about their relationship and how that worked, you know, and how that was not working anymore. That was the only good thing as far as that movie, but everything else was terrible. So Nicholas Holt, for me, if he wanted to go ahead, he's got to get jacked up, though. He's got to get like, you know, Henry Cavill jacked up. So go ahead and start eating those protein bars. But outside of that, you know, he's got to go. I, I, I would not hesitate to say that would be a, not a bad choice, you know, as far as that's concerned, as long as he's, he's built for the role. But yeah, I, I think that would be a good plan going forward. But again, there's so many unknowns in James Gunn's universe, as opposed to what we do know or what we think we do know about what's been told to us, what's coming up for the MCU. Yeah, look, that that is a good point. The thing to to keep in mind, though, is that DC is basically getting a fresh start here. And the MCU does still have that up its sleeve as well. If they ever needed to, they could do the whole, you know, Deadpool yes. kills the MCU. Yes. So, I mean, like the MCU. Uh, OK, for Nicholas Holt, sleeve. for yes, uh, Enviro Earths 2 is right. It's for Lex Luthor for Nicholas Holt. Oh, that's not what I'd read. I had actually read that Nicholas Holt was the front runner for Superman. I even see articles who who Nicholas Holt should play in DC's new movie, Superman or Lex Luthor. That's very interesting. So we don't know either way. So he he would, would make a great Lex Luthor. Yeah, interesting, interesting. You know, Jesse Eisenberg. That didn't exactly work out. To you know, that doesn't exactly look great all these years later either. But. I just worry that like the flash, which again, I told you before should have come out two years from now, just before the James Gunn universe, because that was supposed to wipe away everything clean. You're seeing this now 
then you're also seeing an Aquaman 2. Then you're also seeing a Constantine and all the other stuff that's, you know, a Batman 2 and all that that's supposed to come up with Sparkles Batman as you <laughs> came up with uh, so many year, you know times ago that we talked about this. All these things as far as coming up afterwards, I'm not sure. Should I invest my money and time into it? That's what I'm worried about. Like it is going to get a bit muddy. And it's really hard when you've got, because the, the film executives, they have to create this, you know, the next five to 10 years of scheduled content. And they have to start paying out on that schedule years in advance, paying writers and all this sort of stuff well beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so when you do make the decision to change the helm, there is going to be some of that lag in the changeover. And uh, I haven't seen the second Shazam yet, because again, I'm waiting for it to come to streaming. And, and, and there's another uh, movie that disappointed heavily. So, you know, Zachary Levi, however fun and spirited he is as Shazam, he might not have a future, you know, in the next DC universe because of just how poorly those movies, Black Adam with Dwayne Johnson, that didn't do well either after he wanted to go in and circle the DC universe around, you know, his character. Again, I don't have a whole lot of faith in DC universe MCU after Ant-Man three, I was really trying to start worry there right now. It's very tenuous time for superhero book fans. Rob McCallum Films is back with a vengeance. Power of Grayskull, the definitive history of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, which chronicles the ultimate 80s billion-dollar franchise, Masters of the Universe. See exclusive interviews and hear untold stories from the people responsible for creating the world of Eternia, a place full of magic and science, and learn about the craft of creating action figures and animation. Power of Grayskull is just one of our many projects at Rob McCallum Films. You mentioned Blade before, and that first Blade film was, what, 1998 or something. I think that sort of kicked it all off. That sort of was the the golden, like, that that sort of sparked the golden age of superhero films. I mean, maybe that's a question we should be asking, you know, is is 25 years enough for superhero films? Like, what's, where do we go next? Do we go back yeah. into sword and sandal, you know, dramas? You know, do, do we start you know, doing Ben-Hur again and all that sort of stuff. I I was reading uh, just a few weeks ago that uh, Gladiator 2 is now yep. in the works. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, is that is that where we're going next? Uh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I, I haven't seen Sh- Shazam 2. And I think, I mean, the, the trailers look really good for it. I haven't seen it. But I would imagine that part of it is just that the stakes feel like nothing. Like... Yeah there's there's no the the audience goes into it knowing oh none of this really matters anyway so then that what effect does that then have on the reviews which stops more people from coming so then it has a negative box office so then everyone says oh well this has a bad box office result so it must be terrible um so i mean there are going to be some some uh lag films um like layover movies like that where they're where the change is going to come in. Um, I have been reading the, uh, the reviews so far of flash of mm. the, the preview screenings. Yeah. And it, it all looks great. The, the, the review screenings make sure, uh, make it sound amazing, mm-hmm. which I, I really hope is true. Um, but if it was supposed to be a retcon and I'm going to go, I know I'm going to continue this theme for all the shows if it's supposed to be a retcon of the DC universe or a soft reboot or whatever it is that they're trying to describe it as, 
you think it should have come out? I mean, we I've gone back and forth with this on people. I think I've gone back and forth this on you. Should it come out now or maybe come out later? Um, I would have wanted to have seen Aquaman 2 come out before Flash, I think. Definitely. Agreed. Agreed. De- definitely. Um, because again, I mean, Aquaman 2, it, it's going to feel like none of it matters. Um, b- because we're going to see the Flash and then we're going to see what, what new, uh, you know, what the new DCU looks like by the end of that film and then outrolls Aquaman too. And it's like, well, what does, what does any of that matter? So I, I can't see that Aquaman two is going to do very well, regardless of how good that film is. Especially when the lead character wants to play something else in the DC universe, Lobo. Yeah. Yeah. And he seems happy as about it. Yeah. Um, the, like all the, all the little interviews and the little clips that he's put up, he's all been like, yes, I love you. Like just, uh, I don't know. It's, that's like, it's it's very... like Robert Downey Jr. saying, okay, I want to just go ahead. I'm, I'm done with Iron Man. I'm just going to go ahead and play Hawkeye. I'll give a save for, you know, cause I, you know, just, just want to do it. Just want to do it. So yeah, just, that's great for him, but for the fan base, it's like, huh? What? Yeah. Yep. Yep. They're not going to, um, they're not going to be able to pull that off unless they make it clear in the flash. So, um, I mean, we're going to have to see some characters kind of go, you know, and you you and I've talked about this before, the whole thing of, um, that TV show sliders where one, where one character goes in and then, and it's the same character, but a different actor steps out. Yeah, you know, so I like we're gonna have to see Superman kind of go, and then the other one come out, and we're gonna have to see Aquaman be like, and Lobo steps out. Like, like we're gonna have to see some recalibration for it to make sense. Um, Absolutely, because even if we talk about the Batfleck, which you and I have gone back and forth over the years on, and on Batflecks, and you know, uh, Sparkles. Batman in the Batman universe, as you called. Uh, I remember. I remember you popped that first time. I was just like rolling as far as laughter on that one because you just nailed that one. Because <laughs> he, he did. You forgot about. You forgot his name, Robert Pattinson. But when it comes to that, that's in a different timeline. Then, because mm. remember that's year two Batman. He that's in a different timeline than this supposed Flash timeline, or you know, uh, Bennett Batfleck and. You know, whatever I, you know, it just, it's really going to be hard for them to go ahead and mesh all this together. So I guess maybe they're starting that now when it comes to the flash, but again, it just, you know, you set yourself up uh, for so many different things and the DC was trying so many different things and a lot of it that's not working. I'm glad James Gunn is getting a crack at it, but it just seems kind of weird that they've got all this stuff in place that you have to go through before you finally start seeing his vision. Yeah, yeah, it is going to take a while for it all to to become clear. It's going to be muddy for some time. And on that issue of different timelines, you know, you've got Joker on a different, like on a third timeline as well, because his his timeline doesn't line up with Sparkles, and Sparkles doesn't line up with Flash. So you've got you've you've got three separate things happening here. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how all that comes together. And I mean, you know to get back to the scream analogy that I made earlier, like everything's got to be a trilogy these days. So are we just going to ditch Joker three? Like, are we going to do Joker one and Joker two and then ditch Joker three? Like what? If Joker two makes a billion dollars, like you said, do you just scrap it? 
you just say thank you, Joaquin Phoenix, and and there you go. You know, what you know. First of all, uh, Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix would have to want to make another Joker, and that's on a different timeline from even the Batman, which is on a different timeline from this you know DC universe that everything else is taking place. So, you know, for and the, we're supposed to be the pop culture experts. If it's confusing for us, just imagine how confusing it is for the you know just the general audience member watching in the audience well mate i still reckon that the best thing that they can do is bring back uh, michael keaton as batman i'm super stoked for that in the flash yes, I agree. um my my son is absolutely convinced that they're going to kill him off um i really hope that they don't um uh oh enviro earth too yeah i just saw that comment on the bottom there barry said yep. he could save batman's parents now oh how good would it be to see thomas wayne as as batman that would yeah. be awesome to, to see that variation that would be cool well i would love to see that as well although it still reminds me of the days when i saw <laughs> with i think they were still trolling the walking dead fans uh when they put laurie cohen Negan. and yeah <laughs> yeah I still think they were trolling the, the and Jeffrey D. Morgan. I still think they were trolling the Walking Dead fans when they put those two together as, as the Waynes. So if they bring them back, as far as that through the fell through the Flash, that would be pretty cool. That would that would be a, a pretty cool thing. Yeah, just before maybe they would be advertising their Dead City show that's coming up as well. So we'll see what happens. Well, I I know that um that w Walking Dead is not a topic here, but um. I did just see a trailer on YouTube for Dead City. Yes. Um, and it was, it, it had like a bit of a behind the scenes bit and then it moved into the trailer. Mm -hmm. And it said that, uh, that Dead City is so much sexier than The Walking Dead. And I was like, I really don't see Maggie, uh, sorry, Maggie and Negan getting sexy. Yeah. I don't see I'm, that happening. I don't see that happening. Like, no. He, he spread her husband's brains all over the road. He's not going to, uh, no, no, but they are in search, I think, for her child, uh, which I think it heads to he gets kidnapped and and they go to Manhattan Island, which is the basis yeah. for the for this uh, series right there. So, uh, Enviro Earth to Prison Break, absolutely, that was a great series. Uh, definitely can't. Uh, uh, although Bernard says uh, maybe not so much. You didn't the like first, it very much. Uh, the first maybe three seasons was good. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I, tr I've. I've rewatched that um, the last season that came out about like 10 years after the last, like, you know, they, they finished it for a while and they came back and they had killed off Michael Schofield before. And it was like, mm -hmm. that was all kind of neatly tied up and, mm -hmm. and then, Oh no, he's actually, he's tricked you all. And let's have another <laughs> season. Like, let's have another season. That was like, ah, oh, come on. Well, I ask you this, my friend, and you know, great comments by Enviro Earth 2. We truly appreciate it. Once again, it's the Pop Culture Cosmos with Ben Arnault from Smoking Hot Confessions. And before I get to your great advice for summer grilling, I was going to talk to you about steaks. And of course, you know, as far as uh, something that, that you can always relate to as far as how to cook a better steak. And you've actually been on the show before on it, but it's always good to get a refresher course every two to three years on steak because it's always deserving of it. I want to ask you, I mean, uh, the, the topic of this conversation, which do you have more faith in? So I'm going to ask you, my friend, with all that you're seeing now for the Marvel, which is you're getting up and down results for the past, what, three years now, mm -hmm. and, and you're beginning 
up and down results. <laughs> Same thing with DC. Seemingly by the day, you know, MCU was the guaranteed hit after hit maker for a long time, and that's no longer the case. What are your thoughts? Who do you have more faith in for the next 10 years to build you a universe that you're going to continually follow? Look, I am. Um... Oh, God, that's a hard question. Um, I've got big faith in, in the Flash. Mm-hmm. I've got huge faith in the Flash. I really mm-hmm. hope that that leads to big things for, for DC. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman is my all-time favorite comic book superhero, full stop. So anything that's got Batman in it, I'm going to go and see, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, even if it is Sparkles. Um, although that said, I do prefer Sparkles to Batfleck, but hey. <laughs> see that's the thing i kind of like that I, I know i'll probably be on i will die on the hill of batman saying i'm not he's saying he's the best uh michael keaton was great uh you know uh, but i i will always say ben affleck was not that bad of a batman i will say that i'll just i'll sorry i'm not a huge ben affleck fan and other stuff that he does but i thought batman he wasn't so bad he just was not given all the best material no and he never really had a chance to kind of make it his own like it was always ensemble stuff um, he never had the, he never had to, uh, Bert from big bang theory. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have Envi- to look that up. Enviro2 um, says Ben reminds uh, me of Bert from the big bang theory. That's funny. Uh, I just think with Ben Affleck, like I said, you know, oh, I, ha, okay. I've just looked that guy up. Um, and you know what? I mm-hmm. used to teach high school mm-hmm. and, uh, some high school students actually said to me that I, when that guy was in news radio, mm. they were like, Oh, you look like that guy from news radio. <laughs> yeah. So, right. so my friend, when you see what's on the plate and you see what's on the horizon for both, because that's the one thing I like about this Marvel cinematic universe and the DC universe, whether I disagree or I agree with what's coming up. The fact is for the most part, I know there's going to make some changes. I know because of the fact that COVID and the streaming has not worked out as well as far as the environments there for both HBO and also as well Disney Plus has not worked out as well. I know that uh, Bob Iger from Disney has said he's going to come back on some content and that may be Marvel. I just will say that it's nice that we as fans know and can plan out to some extent exactly what's coming up. So that's the thing I want to say. I like the fact that I don't have to guess what's coming up. I pretty much know what's going to come up in the near and distant future. Your thoughts, though, on, again, which you have more faith on going forward. Look, my head says Marvel. Sure, they've had a few misses. Nobody can be at the top forever. But mm-hmm. um, if they go back and they learn from what they did well and all that sort of stuff, then, you know, my, my head says Marvel. Uh, my heart says DC. I really want to see DC start pulling out some good films after this upcoming Flash film. Do you think that James Gunn is going to bring the magic touch? Look, i got to tell you, when I first started hearing about Peacemaker, mm-hmm. I could not believe it. I was like, what is this crap? Like, this is just ridiculous. Why are they doing this? This sucks. And honestly, it was most amazing. It was like, I, I love the peacemaker tv show best thing i've seen on tv in a long long time yes absolutely enviro earth batfleck versus deathstroke would have been awesome that would have been something i would definitely have loved to have seen and that's that's what i mean when i said the batfleck never got his chance to have his own his own solo films and you know fight his own like explore his own storylines because bvs Uh, was not not that no 
No. Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, look, I my head says Marvel, my heart says DC. Well, I will always be disappointed. Not this, when it comes to Zack Snyder universe, the Zack Snyder verse. I'm not disappointed that he's no longer doing it because obviously there was some missteps along the way. I, as I've told you on this show before, the most part I'm disappointed at when it comes to Zack Snyder not allowing to be allowed to finish his universe was the fact that they were setting up, and, and this goes back to my childhood, eventually seeing the Justice League versus the Hall of Villains. That, to me, as far as an endgame type deal, with what the universe at stake to me would have just been the end all be all that I would have been waiting for since like, again, I watched it on ABC as a kid back in the seventies. So that, and I'll just leave it at that. I mean, just to give you an idea how old I am, but what I've seen and what I remember, I remember Solomon Grundy going to get Superman, you know, and all that stuff, you know, the, the just the just that type of possibility to see all those villains and all those heroes on screen i actually got to believe it more when i saw avengers endgame of all things because you got to see all those good and bad characters on the screen at once that's what i was hoping it would ultimately lead for in the dc universe but unfortunately that's not going to be the case well, the rumors that I've seen show, say that uh, Zack Snyder is uh, going to be continuing with Justice League 2 and 3 on Netflix. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. But my friend, it's just been great talking to you again. You said your head is with MCU, but your heart is with DC on which one will go ahead and find a better future. I'm just hopeful for a good future for both of them, especially if you and I are going to be, and also Enviro Earth 2 are going to be spending their time, you know, spending our time in the theater. I obviously don't want my time or and or money wasted. So we'll definitely see how this plays out. But before you end on out, my friend, as you and I talked before the show, you talking with your 70-something degrees, you know, and how nice it is in your area, and me already are blasting away with 100-degree weather. Uh, Enviro2 says uh, he's more a, more of a DC man personally. Hey, you can't go wrong with either one, Enviro2. I'm just hoping, again, for a great future for both and that they'll both be entertaining and compelling to watch going forward. But while we're watching all these movies and during the summer, you're going to go ahead and have some cookouts. So as the man behind Smoking Hot Confessions and how great the recipes and the cooking and all the advice and all the shows and all the videos and all the things that you do for that, one of the things we always come back to is a good steak. You always talk about having the best meat you can get is always a great bonus to start off with, and then you go from there. But your thoughts on cooking a great steak this summer? Well, it all starts with getting the best possible meat that you can. So you've got your your different grades there in the U.S. I think Prime is the top, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. USDA okay. Prime. 
yeah, USDA Prime, yeah. So, you know, if you can get there, you know, save up a couple of bucks, grab yourself some uh, some USDA Prime ribeyes. And what you're looking for is marbling, particularly in the spinalis. So the, the ribeye is made of the, the medallion kind of heart of the steak, and the spinalis is the, round, the, the bit, the tail around the outside. And in competition steak cooking, the spinalis is actually what the judges are most interested in rather than the actual medallion, which is quite interesting. Um, but you, you, you're looking for um, the striations of fat throughout the, the meat, including the eye, if possible, um, for, that marvel, for that marbling. You don't want, of course, like the big slabs of fat. That's not what I'm saying. No. You're looking for the little veins of fat going out through the meat. Um, seasoning and tendering. Uh, seasoning and tenderizing it is always a big key as well, correct? Because that's always you, you've talked about endlessly about. Absolutely, yeah. So one of the easiest ways to tenderize a steak, and it actually goes a long way to the seasoning as well, is mm -hmm. to um, give it a salt bath. So you buy like a bag of rock salt mm -hmm. and you... Uh, pour a bed of rock salt out onto the plate, lay the steak on top, cover it in rock salt, give it about 10 minutes, and then just rinse the, the salt off the outside of the steak. And that will actually go a long way to, to tenderizing the steak. And as we all know, beef and salt work together and they, they love each other very much. They do. So, they uh, do. oh yeah, yeah. You, uh, you haven't lived until you've tried a Brazilian style uh, picanha. They mm, love I have. Oh, oh, you have, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's good Brazilian steakhouses here. One thing they do oh. love, yes, it's because, yeah, absolutely, yes. I, if you ever come back to Las Vegas, I'm gonna, I'll send you to a couple. There, there's a couple good ones here on the strip. But please, I, I, I digress. So go ahead. No, 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 no. By all means, yeah. So you're, you're looking for a steak about sort of two fingers width, maybe about an inch to an inch and a half um, thickness. Have, have the butcher custom cut them for you rather than try and pick them out of the window you might actually find it'll even be cheaper in the long run if you buy the whole piece of meat and then have them cut the whole thing up for you and you buy the whole thing. It's cheaper than buying individual steaks as well. So there's a bit of a bit of a tip because I don't know what your meat prices are like in uh, in the States, but they are outrageous here in Australia at the moment. They're not great here either. No, I've actually started cooking lentils, if you believe that. Wow. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, tenderize it with the rock salt bath, wash that off. And, uh, and then hit it with whatever sort of seasoning you particularly like. Um, one of the things I prefer is just a bit of salt and pepper. Uh, freshly cracked black pepper rather than ground black pepper because I like the texture of the, uh, of the fresh cracked black... I oh, can't even get the words out. Fresh cracked black pepper. The texture goes a long way as well. Now, there's two finishes that, that you can choose from when you're looking at cooking a steak. You can either go for a pan seared finish, which is where you get that nice flat crust all the way across the uh, either side of the steak, or you can go for your grill lines. And regardless of which way you go, the secret to it is to get a steady pressure down on top of it. So I've, mm -hmm. I've actually got what I call a steak weight, which is also called a burger press by the people who manufacture it. If you get into making smash burgers and things like that, mm -hmm. it weighs a kilo, which is about two pounds, 2.2 pounds, rather than sort of pressing down with a spatula, which gives you an uneven distribution of that downward pressure. You sit it down across the whole surface of the steak and it ensures that the- So it that, evens it out, right? It evens out the pressure across the surface of the steak. 
So if you're going for a pan sear, it's going to give you that nice crust all across the outer surface. And if you're going for the uh, grill lines, it's going to make sure that you get those nice, even uh, grill lines nice and deep into the meat all the way across. So that's, a, that's another tip as well. You want to get the surface temperature of the grill up to around 500, 550 Fahrenheit. You want to give your timer about a minute 15 each side and then check it for doneness. And if you're at about 145, then you want to take the steaks off at about 145, give them about a 10 minute rest. They will continue to rise a little bit and then you should have a beautiful medium rare. My gosh, my mouth is watering right now. Now, let me ask you this. I always love putting A1 or a little bit of sauce on it just to build the flavor. Am I wrong in doing that or just, you know? There is no wrong. There is no wrong. A high quality piece of meat that's got all that nice marbling in it, you're not going to want to put sauce on it because you're going to really enjoy the, the, the salt and pepper with the richness of the beef. Um, if you're going for a lower grade of meat, then you might want to start looking at some sauces. But ultimately, there's no wrong. Because you're the one buying it, you're the one cooking it, you're the one eating it. If that's the way you like it, then you do it that way. Okay, I just want to make sure I didn't commit sacrilege <laughs> when I get that no, A1 no, bottle no. going. Okay, all right. No, no, no. Okay, because you, you've always been so great as far as not only just how you cook it, but I think an important step that you never overlook whenever we talk about grilling, whatever item it is, is about the seasoning and the preparation. Those two things I think that a lot of people forget about and I think you make sure you always cover it here when you talk to us here at the Cosmos. Absolutely. You put that work in at the start and then you don't have to worry about trying to fix it later. Oh my gosh. Just my mouth is watering indeed. Doesn't matter if here it's in the early morning or whenever it is. He always has my taste buds of flowing. It is Ben Arnault, Smoking Hot Confessions. I highly encourage you to go ahead and check out Smoking Hot Confessions and Vio Earth 2, big props to you. Truly appreciate everybody that's been watching and listening. But before we head on out, please give everybody the hard sell on why they need to check out Smoking Hot Confessions. Well, Smoking Hot Confessions is Australia's number one source for all things barbecue, uh, pun fully intended. And uh, we're really into um, teaching everybody how to be able to cook barbecue. There's a lot of sort of mysticism around barbecue and all that sort of stuff. And we look to present recipes and present techniques for cooking in ways that everybody can access and everybody can do. So we've got our video series. We've got um, our recipes are up on the website with downloadable recipe cards, all that sort of stuff. So people can get over there, check that out as well. There's over 200 episodes of the podcast in there. So if you're really mad about barbecue and you want to learn more about barbecue while you're at the gym or driving in your car or riding your bike, whatever it is that you do, we got you covered there as well. There's tons of stuff. And as I said at the top of the show, I get out around the country and uh, it has slowed down since COVID, but I was heading over to the States and doing uh, different events and things over in the States as well. Hoping to get back into that soon. And uh, yeah, we love to get out there and uh, basically show people how they can cook better food and bond with their families while they're doing it. And it doesn't matter where you're at, uh, Enviro 2, uh, what's my, <laughs> I, I, I write occasionally, but I do a lot of video podcasting. That's pretty much what I do to try and go ahead and, and fill my day. Plus being a, a full dad here, here in Las Vegas. So, uh, if you want to check out my shows, pop culture cosmos, I do cover basketball in the NBA with the Lakers fast break, almost, uh, with the Lakers almost ending their season here. So, 
Uh, rest in peace almost on that. But also Inside Sports Fantasy Football as well. So go ahead and check out that. But it's been incredible. I will say, though, if you head on over, well, it doesn't matter where you're at. If you're in the UK, like in BioEarth, if you're in Australia, you're in the States, doesn't matter. Please, I highly recommend you checking out Smoking Hot Confessions on Facebook or YouTube. YouTube is really a great place to go because you should see the high-quality professional videos this man makes right here. Buffalo wings, briskets, pulled pork, and that's just the last three or four episodes that he made right there for you. That's just the last three. I'm not even going to count the ones I'm just scrolling in front of me that I've actually already checked out. So I'm not even going to say that. You have to check it out for yourself. It is Smoking Hot Confessions. Uh, we do call it soccer, football. I meant, uh, uh, yes, football, American football, and then, of course, football around the world as it's known as the soccer, you know, because we, we Americans can't sometimes get anything straight. So, you know, there you go. I, I can't say I blame it. I have no defense for that when it comes to football and soccer indeed. But when it comes to DC and the Marvel Universe, you know, some guys, they, you know, they're out there. They tell you how it is, as it is. But nobody tells you better than Ben Arno of Smoking Hot Confessions. Ben, it's been great talking to you, my friend. We might have to go back into the Star Wars universe because, you know, with what went on with the Mandalorian, I don't know. And I know you and I kind of, you know, eh, on that one. So that's is another it, hour. Is it go even ahead. still the Mandalorian? That's a good question I'd like to bring up to you. So I'll tell you what, next month, how about this? The month I will bring you on and we'll go heavily in detail on the Star Wars universe. Plus, you know, I know we've got covered shish kebabs. We've covered everything. I don't think we've covered pulled pork. We haven't covered pulled pork. I've gone with you for everything from turkey to veggies to everything else, but I don't think I've done pulled pork with you. So seeing that awesome video... I'm going to go ahead and next time hit you up on pulled pork. How about that? Sounds good, mate. Sounds good. Enviro 2, just to let you go. Oh, oh, Palome. I think if I'm pronouncing correctly, is his favorite food. So awesome. We have been friends for a long time. We've been friends for, what, since 2018, I think? I was, I was going to say it's been at least five years, yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah, we've, we've met as I was seeking out another way to go ahead and have conversations on pop culture and also, I wanted to get more learning on the grilling side. And I reached out, I looked up, uh, and I found he was, a, he was a, a growing website at that time and a growing community. He's got over 10,000 people on his uh, community Facebook page. And, just, and I'm just like, I got to talk to this guy. I got to talk to this guy. And it's been great ever since. And I always come to him for thoughts on the DC, Star Wars, Marvel. So I'm always glad I did. It is Ben Arno. From Smoking Hot Confessions. Man, I just truly appreciate every time you talk to me. I'm looking forward to our next conversation. And Vile Earth 2, big shout out to you and everybody watching and listening. But any last thoughts, Ben, before we head on out? No, no. I'm, um, I'm, I think I'm all thought out. I've got to head out shortly and get into some jambalaya that I've cooked for dinner with some nice smoked chicken in there as well. So it's bacon, smoked chicken, and cabana jambalaya that I've got sitting on the stove there. I've got to get out there and boil some rice and go feed the troops here in a minute. If I get on a plane now, will it still be warm by the time I get to there? I did make a double batch with the entire plan of putting some into containers and popping them in the freezer. So yes, I'll put one aside for you. 
Oh dear Lord, help me! Oh my gosh, you just have my mouth salivating as we speak. <laughs> Once again, it has been Arno from Smoking Hot Confessions. Truly appreciate all the time you speak to us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. <laughs> <laughs>